0: Radio Artist Christie presents Hamlet and the Catholicism of Shakespeare. An interview with Eugene Raggio. So I'm joined here today with Eugene Raggio, the director of Artist Christie, who will soon be presenting Hamlet in celebration of Shakespeare's 400th anniversary. Eugene, thank you so much for joining us here today at Cradio.
1: Thank you for having me, John.
0: I guess my first question is, it's been 400 years since Shakespeare's death, so why do you think he's still important today?
1: Shakespeare, I think, is still regarded now as the master of English literature and one of the most important uh, storytellers of his, of of perhaps all time, I think we can probably say. Uh, his body of work represents um, a consistent genius, such as I, th- I don't think has been paralleled uh, for its poetry, um, its unity, its uh, characters, uh, its drama, and all of those things. They they are still the, the high point. It appears of, of storytelling and certainly the most influential um, of authors. His work. Uh, is is probably some of the most famous in all literature, uh, and he, he's a sort of a gift to any actor. Really, really, we, we can't we can't divorce the fact that he did write for the theatre and he wrote as a with with actors in mind. He's a, he's an actor first and then a poet, if you like. Uh, so the muscular drama and these amazing words and uh, stories, uh, they the, the still speak. With such richness to the universals, he's just so far far ahead with psychology and uh, you know the human person. It's full of a, a great depth of learning and and uh, classical heritage. It's just you know it's there's nothing really we we can't say about Shakespeare. He's that he and no no subject that he wasn't really uh, capable of going near and, and presenting to us in such a beautiful and rich way. So there you go. He's, we're still we're still interested in him all these years later.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about this new Artists' Christie production of Hamlet?
1: Yes, I can tell you uh, something. Firstly, about Artists' Christie and their work. They are they are an arts community organisation within the Catholic Church. They have been for many years. Sort of developing a not only a, a sort of body of work and putting on productions and um, doing other initiatives for artists, but there's sort of a if you like a meeting ground for the Catholic, especially arts community. But you know there are we sort of encourage uh, sort of a wider, wider um, demographic of the community to be involved, especially if you're you know just just interested in having a, an arts culture and a support network for artists. That's kind of where their work lies. I've been involved with them now since 2010. I was in their production of MacKillop, or the the musical about Mary MacKillop for the year of her canonization, and I did a few other productions with them. Um, I've been involved in some of their other projects. They also have a very successful choir that tours, and they do other other concerts and other initiatives as well. And um, so, my my relationship with them has been ongoing. Uh, I've um, sort of got out and about into some other areas of the arts uh, as well and worked in Melbourne, wo- uh, worked in, in Sydney as well and um, done some work overseas as well, professional development and other things. And I've sort of come back to them this year and there was a number of things we wanted to collaborate on and Hamlet became one of them, <laughs> um, so it was a bit of a daunting task Um uh, but we're, we've we've fought for it, and we're, we're now two weeks away, or less than two weeks away, from our, our first performance on Friday the 14th at the Seymour Centre. So this is a big uh, main stage production of Hamlet. I, I say main stage because we are in one of the large performance performance venues in Sydney. This is the York Theatre. Uh, it's a beautiful theatre, especially for Shakespeare. Um, Uh, Shakespeare uh, we know the Globe Theatre was set up as a three-sided stage and York the York Theatre is a three-sided stage it also has some balconies as well which Shakespeare had too so uh, we're we're sort of working to that model as it were of a theatre the only thing that's different a major thing that's different is that it's an amphitheatre it's a rake seating which differs from Shakespeare's uh, Theatre at the Globe in, in London so yes, we're, we're very privileged to bring this production on, and also we have a large cast. We have a cast of I think around thirty-five people involved, uh, which means that we've avoided what I suppose is uh, it's not uh, not unconventional that we sort of have some actors that are playing two roles, um, and we have more people on stage, which is a, a bit of a luxury really for, for Shakespeare, um, especially more famous works of Shakespeare. So you have you have all the characters. Represented as as different people, nearly. Um, so yes, it's a we are. A, I can probably tell you a little bit about where we're what we're doing with it, in that we have a we've chosen to set it in a in an era that could be best associated with the with the period following the First World War. So that means the aesthetic of it sort of belongs to that time. So between the First and Second World World Wars um, was a period of at various times, uh, I suppose, fear and then also, you know, indolence, um, Europe putting itself back together. I think after we'd had the First World War, people believed that nothing worse could happen. Um, and we sort of then had the 20s, which were about, you know, a kind of a letting letting down of, of um, uh, uh, you know, there was a sort of, a, a ind- I, I, I want to use the word indolence, sort of a, you know, a carefree attitude. Carefree attitude, you know. There was the economic boom and and those sorts of things. So we're trying to parallel something of the culture that surrounds uh, that is is the environment of Hamlet. You know, Hamlet is about a, a prince uh, who has had a father die under suspicious circumstances, and then his mother gets married immediately to his uncle. And um, there's a there's a an attitude of of uh, revelry and um, I want to say, sort of, not maybe hedonism, but maybe that's not directly expressed. The, the point is that people have let, have decided to sleep while, whilst there's some sort of impen, impending threat, um, and we are bringing out the elements of Hamlet which uh, are very often cut. Uh, Hamlet has a huge subplot in it about an external threat, and the external threat is from Norway, um, and that is represented in a character of Fortinbras. Fortinbras, uh, comes out at the very end of the play, comes and takes over the entire kingdom. And so there's sort of all this portentous stuff about, you know, the, the nation being under threat at the same time, there's sort of morally, uh, there's corruption. There's, there's a, a general moral, um, milieu, immoral milieu and Hamlet in the middle of all of it, trying to figure it out, taking the law into his own hands. And then everybody dies at the end. Um, so it's full of ethical questions, and um, for an Elizabethan audience, it had a a lot of this stuff would have rung rung true, and and people people at that, that time who were very versed in very I suppose with <laughs> people knew that people knew their religion very well, and they kind of had a very a strong sense of what was right and wrong. So I think this would have spoken to them in a very particular way, but. Our modern audiences perhaps look at the sort of blurry lines that are in it, and probably don't take them in in quite the same way. Anyway, that's that's kind of something we wanted to address, uh, or at least create an, a framework for the production that would make those things lift out a little bit more clearly, so that we get to the centre of of what of what Hamlet is about as a political drama, and as a drama where religious questions are very pertinent. This would be different from the trend in the West in the last, I suppose, in the last centuries of making Hamlet into a domestic drama, which is all about, you know, uh, household disputes and um, conflict between a family. It's not to say it's not about that as well, but it's to say that, that that is purposed in a wider context.
0: There are so many scholars suggesting Shakespeare was a Catholic and that this impacted the writing in his plays and poems what's your take on the question of Shakespeare's Catholicism?
1: The question of Shakespeare's Catholicism is, uh, it's much commented on. I think I feel from what I know about it, and I certainly don't present myself as a scholar, but at least what I feel uh, about Shakespeare is that I don't think it's actually a question. I think more or less, I, I think we can conclude on it. That being said, uh, he... I think it would be safe to say, if there was any doubt, uh, that Shakespeare takes a, a very strong interest in religion. For the most part, Catholicism is generally presented um, in a favorable light in his work. And I think in, in a time when Catholics were directly under persecution, um, you know, his voice does come out as rather being uh, pro catholic you could say in that he puts religion into a play and makes all the all the characters sort of take for granted that that, that that's a normal part of life that is in fact the culture that he lived in i read i read uh, an essay that suggested that some of the religious stuff in in shakespeare's work is from a secular perspective that is to say it comes from somebody who is making criticism of religion as secular people would now um what people with a, an atheistic view might might do now, um, I don't think that would be fair to say because that was that an atheistic view was relatively uncommon in in Shakespeare's time. Um, and if and I think just looking at the general body of his work, he generally seems to to make his characters very entwined in in religion and um, they speak in a they they speak with God very being very present in their lives. I think for the most part. So that that's normative. Uh, but I also do think, particularly for Shakespeare in a country and in a time where religion was under direct persecution, he seems very comfortable with presenting Catholicism in a, in a directly favorable light. The other thing I, I think we can say also is that we know that he, he came from a Catholic family. I think we can say that more or less um, without any doubt, he he we know that his his family were were caught up in the in the persecutions themselves. Uh, and that they also um, wrote a will um, with very strong um, Catholic sentiments in it. Um, there was a, a statement made by an Anglican later, like, you know, 60 or 70 years after Shakespeare's death, where where he said sort of unequivocally that Shakespeare had died a papist. Um, and uh, more and more scholarship seems to favour the idea that Shakespeare may have been Speaking to Catholicism in his work uh, whilst hiding his own conviction as, as a Catholic within his work, too. That, that's probably about as much as I can say about Shakespeare's Catholicism. Um, a lot of this stuff is coming from non-Catholics, too. There There is some very significant authors that write about this directly, and they don't have a, a Catholic... Um, in their body, if you could say, uh, they, they don't have a uh, they don't have their own agenda to push as Catholics. So um, this is kind of important. I'd been reading uh, myself and Anthony McCarthy, who's um, producing the show. Uh, we we were looking at a work by a guy called Stephen Greenblatt, who proposed that Hamlet is actually about about uh, the doctrine of purgatory, and in a specific in a very pointed way, in the era that Shakespeare was in with the imposition of Protestantism, the ideas of Protestantism about predestination uh, is very strongly invoked in Hamlet as being a, a, a dichotomy of a kind or that something that Shakespeare that Hamlet is trying to Hamlet is trying to deal with directly because the ghost in Hamlet speaks very Catholic doctrine. He speaks all about the um the doctrine of, of purgatory. And everybody else in the in the play who is uh, is a villain uh, speaks about the doctrine of of predestination. They 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 speak with Protestant ideals, and you, the ghost is presented as as honest and truthful. So you you could say that that Shakespeare in a in a veiled way is presenting the idea that purgatory as a doctrine is is honest and truthful. In that time, people that uh, even though Protestantism was imposed from the from the monarchy. Um, it was very difficult to suppress the Catholic elements in culture because people had mourning rites, um, they had you know masses said for the dead, that all of those things that were they were kind of enshrined in culture and custom, and it's very difficult to get to eradicate those just by giving an order that the that the country is all going to be pro- Protestant now. Um, so uh, you know there, there there are some there are some really um, big questions I suppose that Shakespeare poses through Hamlet.
0: Mm. you mentioned purgatory and a few catholic themes occurring in hamlet Uh, are there any other catholic elements in hamlet
1: i think we could we could probably posit a few things or propose rather a a few things uh, around the questions of catholicism and is that there is a very very big protestant theme in in hamlet and it feels like that these things are being placed against one another; they are being placed in sort of uh, in conflict with each other. Um, Hamlet is given directives by a Catholic ghost, uh, we could say, or the ghost that speaks Catholic doctrine. Um, Hamlet is identified with Protestantism all the way through the play, um, and he is the protagonist. So he ends up um, uh, he ends up taking taking some of this on board, and then it becomes, uh, if you like, he goes. <laughs> the, the the dichotomy somehow seems to become something else in Hamlet's mind. There, there are people that favor this view um, that uh, Hamlet may may in fact go mad. Uh, we're told of course, in the play that he pretends to be mad, but he ends up doing more and more more and more morally compromised actions as the play goes on. And the more moral compromises he makes, the more he excuses himself. Um, there are there are these there are those sorts of things. There are very big, very big kind of religiously moral questions that that, that weave through the play. But there are also there's this big thing in in Hamlet about Doomsday and 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 Revelation and the Apocalypse. Um, so this uh, apocalyptic language, which is all uh, very often it's cut. People don't know it's there because we're so used to Hamlet being about domestics and you know, you know incest and all Freud and all other things. Um, people have tried to try to wind in, wind into it. Um, but yes, there's a there's a thing in in Hamlet which is is very strong if you if you're if you're if you read the unabridged text that has, you know, all all of these portents about the day of doom and and the, the coming of doomsday. And that's tied up with the political threat from outside. Shakespeare wrote a number of plays that deal with the apocalypse. And it can be suggested that, I don't know whether it was his preoccupation, but certainly King Lear, which is another one of his plays from his later period of life, there's no question about it. It it is a play that deals directly with apocalyptic questions, a house divided against itself and, you know, um, everything, you know, a sort of tragedy that, um, results in everybody dying. Um, it's not so much that it's about the everybody dying in, in Hamlet. It is about the, uh, (laughs) the, the coming of an external threat. Um, the characters are linked to a lot of religious, um, allegory. Um, and these these are, you know, uh, there's been some scholarship that I've read recently, which I felt vilified when I read because I like, I really feel like this thing coming from outside is is a is an ominous thing, and it's definitely stated at the beginning that it is an ominous thing, but uh, there's been some scholarship proposing that this is actually uh, that Hamlet is the model of a failed apocalypse, and could be suggesting something about the death of Christianity. The death of Christianity was probably the question in the era that, that Shakespeare lived with, I suppose, you know, uh, Catholics and Christians um, against one another, uh, Protestants um, and the, the imposition of a Protestant religion you know from above, from the state. I think it's also noteworthy that Elizabeth I regarded Catholics as treasoners. So to be a Catholic was an offense against the state. She was clever enough not to get caught up in doctrine doctrinal questions the thing was that if you were if the monarch was the head of the church then to be a catholic and therefore you know not in line with the with the state religion then you were against the monarchy directly you were a treasoner and you were killed in the you know treasonous were was the most violent death um as far as you know for a civilian that was the the harshest punishment you could receive um, so i think I think Hamlet is getting close to, at least as close as you could. He Shakespeare could have got, to talking directly to the questions of war of Catholics and Protestants in conflict, and using the apocalypse as this kind of arc uh, or for an, an environment whereby this question is talked about.
0: If Shakespeare was a Catholic and during a time of great persecution, do you think young actors and writers can take him as something of a model as to how they can approach their artistry? And what do you think can be achieved even when they feel marginalized or persecuted?
1: I think what is remarkable about Shakespeare is that I think he he dealt with all of his stuff honestly. We know when we're reading him that he he wasn't a propagandist he was somebody who just took the took the subject matter and treated it in the roundest way possible and that's sort of the testament to his to the profundity of his of his art treating a subject in the most honest way possible i think is always a good starting place for any artist it's not so much that we have to push the catholic agenda all the time in our work i think it's enough that we be catholic and produce great work that's certainly what I propose Shakespeare did. And he was uh, not afraid of presenting humanity in in all of its ins and outs, in all of its rough hewness. Um, and in all of, you know, uh, with his good points and its and its you know its darkest points, he was prepared to go near all of that subject matter and treat it with the roundest and most honest approach in a generous way, and in a in a visceral and and it's more so that we can we we know that we're approaching something. We, we treat him sacred as a sort of a sacred author, if you like, um, because we 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 know the scope of what he achieved. Um, as I said at the beginning, I think it's un, unparalleled, but it's it's really the honesty with which he he conveyed his his characters, and we always know that whenever we encounter Shakespeare, we're going to come away, you know, all the sensitive nerves of our humanity are going to be. Jostled and and you know um, that 's what makes him brilliant i so I propose that that our job is the same I think we we just uh, our starting place should be should be this should be the kind of honesty that he was able to do with his storytelling, and through that Catholicism i suppose can bleed through uh, which is what I feel is what I feel we encounter with Shakespeare and I think it's what we encounter with people like uh, sorry, fam- famous uh, novelist Green. You know, he was a Catholic novelist and evil in war. Some of those guys we know who had deep Catholic convictions and influenced a our, our whole area of of uh, artistry and and um, literature and all those things. Uh, we we know that they were Catholics and we 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 admire their work because of its um, because of its robustness. Um, so I think you know all of those people we can hold up. Tolkien, much the same. Um, C.S. Lewis uh, was Protestant, but you know a man of, of very deep faith and eloquent faith. All of those guys, we uphold them because of the, the robustness of their work, and I think it become it actually accentuates their faith conviction in that light. You know what I mean?
0: That was Eugene Raggio with Ares Christie presents Hamlet and the Catholicism of Shakespeare. Ares Christi will be performing Hamlet at the Seymour Centre on the 14th and 15th of October. For more details on the performance, or if you wish to buy tickets, visit www.theword.org.au And for more talks, interviews and shows, visit cradio.org.au.